It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus, as you all know, on uh, e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, don't forget, you can join in the discussion about everything we talk about in the podcast and all things e-commerce and online retail in our Facebook group. It's called the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group. And the easiest way to find it is to go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook, and that will take you straight there. Or of course, just, I was going to say Google for us on Facebook, or just search for us next time you're on Facebook. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. Kelsey Duffy is the founder of Versakini, an online-only and wholesale e-commerce store. They design and sell a unique take on the bikini. Launched in summer 2015, the 2016 collection has sold over a thousand units. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Chloe. Um, I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of you and your business and where you're at at the moment, but how did you get started off in e-commerce? Oh, wow. Well, it's been certainly a journey, but I would have to say we officially started back in 2012 when I really started getting involved in the e-commerce world. Mm -hmm. I had been working for a different swimwear company at the time, and that is kind of where my love and passion came in for not only fashion, but, you know, the millennial era of how everything is online and, you know, hey, we have such a cool product. Let's make a website like nobody else. Oh, yes. And then that's just evolved into the business you have now. Correct. Yes. You know, the the stepping stones, the learning through the ways and uh, slowly, surely taking the steps to having, you know, the best product that we've ever had. We couldn't be happier or prouder with, with how things are going. Oh, cool. So how did the, the Versakini um, story begin? The quick version of how Versakini began, um, you know, we really wanted to come with this new fashion sense of freedom that, you know, no one really has done before, especially with the power of social media. You know, many women are finding themselves to be photographed in an outfit. And once their picture is revealed on social, they throw the outfit to the back of the closet and that's where it sits for the rest <laughs> of its life. Uh, what we tried to capture with the Versakini brand is, you know, we can mix and match to another level where you can actually disconnect your left and right bikini top, interchange with other pieces in the collection. And it gives the girls a sense of a fashion freedom that, you know, they're the fashion designer. We give you the pieces and you can mix and match. And, you know, the more you collect, the more you can create kind of similar to a Build-A-Bear sense, but uh, for women's bikinis. And yeah, that's uh, that's the theory of it. Cool. So, um, so how's the, the business at the moment? Um, I'm guessing you're over, or I know you're over in the USA. So whereabouts are you and where are you selling to at the, to currently? Sure. Yes. I am located in South Florida as well as our designer. Um, we surprisingly have had a better response internationally than we've had nationally, oh, really? uh, since the launch of the project, of uh, the product itself. And I find it very interesting. And now that I've done more research, it kind of makes sense because I feel, especially in fashion, the buyers here in the U.S. market are very skeptical. You know, they're not so much into, you know, what's the new product, but more so what product has stabilized and been around for a couple of years and, and proven themselves. Um, and then the international buyers seem to be a little bit more on what's the next trend? What's something that's going to be really cool? We want to be the first to have it. 
So that's an interesting thing I've learned. Oh, cool. And is that predominantly the pattern in the wholesale world or the e-commerce world or both? I would say predominant in the wholesale world. I think it's a little bit different um, on the you know consumer side. So the consu- the U.S. consumers are, are are ahead of the buyers, I guess. Yeah, I would say that's fair. And then you know it also has to do with where we're doing our marketing. You know, we haven't really tapped into doing too much advertising promotion on an international level for the consumer. Uh, we do offer free shipping, so if an international person did get on the website at this moment, they would be entitled to that. Uh, and um, I suppose some of the the impact of having a wholesale network internationally is that that will bring you some customers who love the brand and want bits that that wholesaler isn't stocking. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And, you know, we were really focusing on, you know, some markets and developing distributors, for example, Dubai and, you know, setting up a Versakini over there and in Australia and Latin America and, you know, all the divisions uh, for swim. I suppose that's the thing when you're doing bikinis, there's literally pretty much anywhere in the world where it could be sold. There are, there are big yeah. markets in, in various geographic locations. Certainly. And it's surprising. You know, I was just in Switzerland and talking to a Swiss company and, you know, they're raving about, you know, I mean, it's not full time year, but a good majority of the year, you know, swim season is a big thing for them as well. Oh, cool. And, um, and we've, what's the, we've talked a lot about the product and where the sales are coming from there, but what's the platform you're, you're selling on for the e-commerce side? Are you like a Shopify, a Magento? Have you gone for something a bit more bespoke? Um, we've been using Shopify and I think that's, you know, a very easy plugin. I've not had any problems. Their customer service is fantastic. You can call just about any time and you don't have to wait more than five minutes or so to get a, you know, a human on the phone, which is great. Uh, and then we also use WordPress. So those are our platforms. Cool. And that's WordPress for the blog. So it's, it's not like you've got an e-commerce plugin in there. The e-commerce is all coming in through Shopify. Correct. Yes. Okay, cool. And, um, and I guess your product is quite a complex one to manage to put on a website because as you, as you alluded to earlier, someone can buy this bit and that bit and mix and match the pieces of fabric together. So, um, have you found that, that even on a, I know a lot of people would look at that and go, gosh, we'll have to go for something bespoke rather than taking a Shopify site. But have you found that fairly easy to, to, to kind of twist Shopify to your needs? Yeah, you know, that's the biggest challenge for our brand is, you know, it's not only just a fashion brand, but it's also a concept. And alongside of that concept, you have to teach your consumer how it works and provide illustrations and detailed instructions, short videos, how to's, et cetera, et cetera. And with the e-commerce, that's um, one of our biggest goals in developing this, you know, very special shop system where essentially at this moment you can go online once you're shopping, you can see a quick animation of how the bikini works. So visually, you're like, aha, oh, okay, that's how it works. <laughs> um, so that's a UX UI feature that's pretty special that we've been working on. And we've, uh, you know, we've finished and completed version 1.0, but there's some uh, new additions that we're playing around with. And, and for 2017, we'll be rolling out on the web. Okay, so that's just sparked a couple of questions for me. The first one of which you said, you said UXU. For you, what does that stand for? Oh, UX UI, I believe. And I am not technical. I probably would have to Google what it technically means. Um, but it's an interactive play, uh, so to say. And, it, and it's just a, a new feature that has something that's a little bit more on the development side. That's, that's a really good question. I should probably know. So it's, a, it's, it's something which makes it a little bit more interactive for the customer. 
Exactly. Yes. Okay, cool. And, um, and you mentioned that, and I love the fact you said this, that you, you've done version 1.0 and now it's going onwards, which I think is such an important lesson for everybody out there, which is that you, you can have this vision of where you want it to be at the end, but often it'll take so long to get there that you just have to go, right, what are we going to do first? And we'll let that play out and then we'll do what we'll do second. So was that a conscious decision right from the beginning or is it a position you've kind of been forced to? And, and is it a position you'd recommend, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, being an entrepreneur and especially in myself, having a little bit of a perfectionism and wanting things, you know, done completely and mm-hmm. correctly the first time, you have to learn that nearly that is not going to happen. Um, so we have the MVP, the most viable product. What can we do to get the first chunk done and what is most important? And then after that, then you can trickle into the details and, you know, the pretty modifications, et cetera, and so on. Excellent. So it's it's something which you planned from the beginning then and they're very happy with, I'm taking from that. Yeah, we want to be able to have the girls go on there. And this is part of version 2.0, essentially. They would be able to pick their piece. So if they wanted a, a bandeau top or if they wanted, you know, a triangle top, they would click the the style that they'd like. Then the next screen would bring them into all the color options and then you would pick your color choice and then you would get into the animation of, okay, this is what I've picked. Now this is what my bikini can do. Uh, And furthermore from there, there's ways to, you know, mix and match and we'll be able to disconnect and then you can pull a piece and interchange from the left uh, to the right and kind of get this visual understanding that really there's no wrong way. And Aside from being able to reverse and mix and match, uh, one of our best sellers is called the goddess top. And this particular bikini top can be worn and tied in over a dozen ways. So not only can you, um, you know, play with the, with the art and the design and the colors of it, but you can tie it for support or you can tie it for tan lines. You know, if you're wearing it over your shoulders to hold you up and then you're laying at the beach and you want to turn it into a bandeau to get a better tan line, it only takes you know, two to three seconds to make that change. Nice. Well, um, you did say visual uh, when you were saying that. And I have to say, everyone who's listening, if you're losing track of what's going on with the products, just head over to the website after you finish listening to this podcast, of course, and you will, you will quite easily grasp um, how that product works because it's explained really well, but it definitely needs that visual element. Um, so, um, Kelsey, are there any kind of widgets or plugins you've put into that Shopify site that are just essential for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know technically what the plugin would be called, but it's referring back to this UX UI interaction um, of being on the shop page. And from there, uh, you can either slide and have everything match perfectly, or if you feel like playing around and being, you know, a little uh, daring, then you can hit mix. And and from there, it's, you know, really just what your taste is and what your favorite favorite designs are. Cool. And any others? Or is that that the one for the time being? That's the one for the time being. Now, I will share with you one of my dream widgets that um, (laughs) I would love. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know how it's exactly possible, but, you know, uh, technology is surprising us more and more every day. So I know one day we'll, in fact, be able to do so. Um, But very similar to the Snapchat filters, if, if you're aware of, you know, like the selfie mode where you can take a photo and, you know, you have dog ears or, you know crazy top hat or whatever the Snapchat filter of the day is. But essentially what we would like to build one day is a reverse mode where you can try on your bikini in a technical sense. So you can see what it looks like on you. Um, And I think that would be fantastic. But on a developmental side, I feel like that may be challenging and uh, certainly will take some time and money, but we'll get there. 
There's um a company. I was at a conference last week in uh, in London. So everybody, we're we're recording this in October. So I'm referring to Internet Retailing Conference, where um, a gentleman from Wayfair who sell furniture in the UK was showing demonstrating their augmented reality app on their tablet, where you could shop the site, use the camera of your tablet. Where you know it's got to be a tablet that has two cameras, so you get the 3D effect to literally put a bed or a lamp or a series of, of objects into your room, move around wow. as though you were videoing it, seeing what it looks like. That sounds like very similar technology to what you're talking about, just with a different article. Sure. And that's, that's so exciting. I think, you know, the next generations and everything, they're going to kind of expect it. Uh, you know, in furniture shopping or interior design is one of those things that it may look all great when you're in the store, but when you put it in your house, it could be a complete disaster. So uh, props to them. That that is certainly a very cool idea. Yeah, he said he said he reckoned um, we're about five years away from it being commonplace because the the but the that the only barrier to it is not the software; it's the um, the user adoption of the hardware that makes it possible. So sure. coming to a tablet near you soon. Uh, okay. The, um, and what, what does your team look like <laughs> at the moment? Um, how many of you are there? That is always the question. And it is, you know, a world where we're doing so much more freelance work and, you know, there may be a project that, you know, it's a roller coaster, maybe a month or two, we're working somebody, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And then it's okay, you know, here's some smaller <laughs> projects, take a break, have a little vacation, and then it kind of picks back up and goes down. But I would say the team is is somewhere around 10 at the moment. And we are in a position where we're starting to bring more, uh, you know, personally, I'm looking uh, for my next protege uh, or clone. So <laughs> that would be fantastic. And are those, um, those yeah, uh, are they all full time people or are they all freelancers? It's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, starting with our designer, designer Amanda Perna, we brought her on. She was uh, on the TV show Project Runway, so she does all of our artwork and you know custom beautiful designs that you can't find anywhere else. Copywritten from her, uh, and then she helps as well with you know the fitting notes and uh, you know future product development and anything on the design aspect. Amanda kind of covers that. Mm-hmm. Uh, our chief marketing officer also does a lot of our technical stuff and uh, has been running the website for <clears throat> up until about now where we're bringing on a new web developer. Um, and yeah, you know, one guy, CFO, doing all the financial projections, accounting, that part I um, try to stay away from. It's something that I personally don't uh, find myself to be the best at. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know the feeling on that one. It's definitely um, something, you know, you need, a, you need a very talented person in the accountancy space to get those th- sort of things done. So, exactly. so we, are you running everything kind of within your team of full-timers and freelancers or have you outsourced anything to any third parties? We have started outsourcing. Um, certainly our PR is outsourced. They're from New York, uh, you know, a great fashion uh, public relations company. We've also been trickling into third-party sales efforts, and um, you know that's just one of those things where you know we're we're looking to pitch to a specific demographic, and alongside of that, some of the big box or larger department stores that we're going after, 
And at the end of the, of the day, we have to be honest. And a lot of those relationships are, you know, just built on establishment. So I could mm-hmm. go to and I could start, you know, pestering them and sending them things and, you know, and showing up. But if you have a sales representative that already has that relationship, I mean, it just, it's a whole world of a difference. <laughs> yeah. You get in there faster and it takes you a lot less time and effort as well. So you can go and do something which you can't hire someone to do for you. Exactly. Yes. So, and, uh, the other big one is social media management. And this has been, you know, a dream of, of mine to be able to let go and actually have a professional management team on it because social media is hard work. I mean, I give up, frankly, like I love it and I hate it. (laughs) If you don't post every day or every other day, then I start to get anxiety. And I mean, you know, you really have to have it planned correctly for your consumer and lay it out in a calendar format and have, you know, this is what's going to be posted this week and so on and so forth. And, you know, really have engaging content to share. That's a very, very important thing for our business. Ah, so, so you've successfully outsourced that? Yes, we are starting that in a couple of weeks. So I'm very, very happy to have that campaign underway. So I know that a lot of um, e-commerce businesses want to outsource their social media, but they just don't know where to start. So for you, what, what were kind of like, you got a couple of tips for the audience on how to find the right people to outsource to? Of course. Yeah. And, and, you know, budget is a big thing. Um, we've been fortunate enough to find wonderful interns that, you know, in the fashion world, girls that, you know, are inspired, that really love the industry and, and truly have a passion for this type of work. So if you can get an intern to do these things for you, by all means, internships.com is one of my favorites and bookmarked on my computer. And I frequent <laughs> that site pretty often. Um, but scaling up to a professional planning, um, you know, you could certainly Google it depending on what department or what area you're looking for. Um, but the company that we're working with, I happened to meet at a fashion show and got that, you know, in-person, you know, friendly relationship and, you know, seeing some of their other clients and the results and, you know, make sure that you ask for the reporting system as well. Um, cause that's a very, very important part, especially with social is that you're getting all the analytics and, you know, doing these small promotions and even paid advertisements and, and more importantly, how that's all converting into sales. You know, what are those conversions and how are we doing with that? Oh, I like that. So, so you've gone for someone who understands your sector. And I, I've never heard anyone before say, let's, let's have a look at the reporting system before we buy. But that's such an important thing. Yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> you know, uh, these are all those, <laughs> those things that when you're like, wow, this report, it looks so pretty. It's beautiful, but there's absolutely no facts on it. I mean, personally, I'd rather have an ugly spreadsheet, but it has the numbers and it has the information on it. So, you know, just be careful that, you know, you may be going to this big, beautiful agency, but the reporting is, is an extremely valuable and important aspect of it all. Oh, yeah. 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 Just the, the fact you sent 100 tweets. Well, well done you. But um, <laughs> yeah. I need a lot more information <laughs> than that. Okay. So exactly. we, we've talked about loads of stuff about your business now, business, but, um, but Kelsey, right now, what do you think is the most awesome thing about Versakini? You know, the growth for sure and the reaction, it's finally coming to that point where, you know, just the engagement, finding your new customer. And once they've visited the website or checked out the social media, then they start commenting and following and sharing with their friends. And they're like, oh, my God, you have to check this out. You know, having that kind of excitement is, you know, being able to reach that audience essentially because we knew we had something special, but it's all about the presentation and the marketing of it. 
Um, but once you get the, you know, the girl that gets that wow factor of it, that's the most exciting thing I would say. So would you say right now you're kind of at the tipping point where you've tested and tried and optimized a whole pile of things and now you've finally found kind of that magic recipe and now you've found it, the, um, the traction is just, just going off the scale. Yeah, essentially. And, and, you know, it takes time. We actually just did Miami swim week, uh, this summer, which is like the Mercedes Benz fashion week for the swim world. And we were picked up by cosmopolitan for 2017 best swim trends. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that in itself is a huge door opening and, and, you know, brand credibility because, you know, girls are scared to try something new, but if you have, you know, a reputable magazine or, you know, uh, somebody that's saying, Hey, this is really great. Then, uh, you'll, you'll see results from that surely. Yeah. And whether it's you going to Nordstrom or the sales rep going to Nordstrom to be able to go to them and say, we're in Cosmo, Cosmo's, uh, you know, swimwear trends for 2017. Do you want us on your shelf? Becomes a lot, a lot easier a discussion, doesn't it? When you've got that big piece of, it is. it's nice. Well, congratulations on that one. Um, so, um, so, how do you how do you balance your own time because i know we've got a lot of people out there who have a product they've invented and created and they're balancing the wholesale versus the retail side of things how do you go about balancing that in the business do you have like a plan that for the first x years the the predominant sales channel will be this then it will flip or are you just kind of seeing how it goes how do you how do you work that out That's a great question. I think, you know, from our standpoint, obviously, the the best financial gain would be to focus on the B2B and on the wholesale market. However, for us specifically in fashion, it kind of goes hand in hand alongside with the consumer as well. So if we're selling to the consumer, then they're sharing and that becomes more socially active. And then the wholesale uh, wholesale side sees that and they pick up on it. So, you know, you've got these bloggers or, you know, uh, social media influencers and they're wearing, you know, talking to their friends. Uh, I think it kind of plays a role in both. So that's kind of an experiment that we've been seeing uh, trickle lately. Uh, Cool. So you're just kind of seeing where where the uh, where the demand is and following following the buyers, I suppose. Following the buyers, sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, everybody wants what's new. We've just come out with our 2017 collection, and you know, we are seeing some pre-order sales for that, which is exciting. Uh, but we hope to do a little, uh, a new, new 2017 collection sometime in the spring or summer of the year, just to kind of do an extra delivery because uh, you always have to have something new, especially in fashion. You know, you have to be ahead of the game, and as soon as you put out one collection, a couple weeks later, that one, that one's old. <laughs> you always have to have something new. And and especially when you're a business that's about to go on that kind of big upward trajectory, you know, you need something extra to be talking about within the next six months rather than waiting for the next season to come around. Exactly. And now we're starting to get into um, our, our white labels and line extensions instead of, you know, we've been strictly swimwear thus far and now we're playing with beach cover-ups and accessories, tote bags, beach towels, um, but still maintaining that versatility thing because I think that that's really what makes us so special is that we encompass this lifestyle brand that, you know, provides this fashion freedom to girls that, Hey, you can get more bang for your buck. You can take your look and you can flip it around and do this with it. Um, and essentially that, that hasn't been done in a brand sense. 
so we're all about anything versatile. We'll probably play with some gadgets or even electronic things that, that fit under the versatility of it. And we really hope to make this, you know, a name brand. Oh, cool. I look forward to finding out more about those products as they come online then in that case, especially yeah. the especially the gadgets. My mind is boggling now. I'm, I, I'm a little bit brain dead today. So all I can see are those little handheld fans that people have had for about the last two decades. That's probably not where you're going <laughs> with gadgets for the beach. But there we go. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe there's a, there's some, uh, there's a woman in Hawaii that has a beach towel, uh, what you might call it. It's like a stick that's, you know, goes into the sand, little, little trinkets like that. We're also uh, mm. talking to a company that makes silicone bra straps and the bra straps can also be turned into bracelets and necklaces and shoelaces and they can go onto your bikini. So, you know, just continuing with these wow. innovative ideas because there's so many other companies that have great versatile products as well that we can team up with and do co-promotes, oh, cool. um, which is, a, you know, a great financial gain because you're not going out there spending money manufacturing an entire new product. Instead, you're collaborating with someone that's already kind of doing something similar to what you're doing and you can work together that way. Nice. I, I love that idea. That, and I think that the idea of collaborating with someone fits with the versatility of the product itself. If you want to kind of disappear off on some kind of brand piece there. Um, but before, before we disappear into, into crazy brand theoretical world, um, I think it's time we move on to the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and all you great listeners out there some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Kelsey, first up is the book top tip. If everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? My favorite, it's called Nasty Gal uh, by Sofia Amorosa. And it's actually required reading material for anyone at Versakini. Uh-huh. Uh, no joke, our first business partner venture, uh, investor, shall I say, I flew to Kansas City for a lunch meeting. And when I left that day, I left a copy of Nasty Gal and signed a note on the inside and said, welcome to the team. Call me when you're done reading this. <laughs> um, so- but it's, a, it's an inspirational story. Sorry. So we no, I was going. You were about to go into what I was going to ask you, which is um, why why is it required reading? Well, for me, it's a it's a very similar story to where I think my personal life journey has come from. But I really idolized this woman. You know, she had no business skills, no knowledge, uh, no training whatsoever. It was just kind of born inside of her. And Sophia's story: she started out literally dumpster diving for vintage clothing and selling it on eBay. So she would go, you know, find a, a Chanel sweater at, a, you know, a garage sale or in the dumpster, whatever. And she started her company like that. And she would photograph uh, her materials and basically do everything herself, wearing a hundred different hats entirely mm-hmm. throughout the company, uh, living off of nickels and, you know, Starbucks lattes back in that time. And uh, with the power of MySpace, she turned her company into a hundred million dollar yearly in sales and accessories. Wow, that sounds like a really good book to read. I'm going to have to dig that one out. Um, next up then, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, I think that's a, a huge topic of today's uh, <laughs> world in general, and it changes so quickly. I mean, at this moment, I would I would strongly go with Instagram And it's a little scary reading these articles where they're saying that Instagram is not what it used to be. And there's so much competition, especially in our category. I like to call it noise. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And this noise is, you know, conducted directly towards our consumers. You know, the female demographic age 15 to 40, you've got so many beauty products, fashion products, health, fitness, dietary, it goes on and on and on. So these women are, you know, bombarded with all, you know, these cool products. Um, but Instagram does do some wonders, especially in the business portfolio sense with the promoting and advertising and surprisingly, it's not too expensive. You know, you can you can publish a post and, and push that post for maybe $10, and the results are there. You know, we've seen conversions from those small posts. Uh, but it's it's an animal in itself, and you really have to understand the platform and, and you know, strongly who you're targeting and uh, what your content is. I was uh, I was met with a client today and was talking to them about Instagram, which they've just started doing, and uh, they were like, um, should I be using hashtags? It's like, yes, it's all about <laughs> hashtags. Like, but, but like you told us that on Twitter, we should only use like one hashtag and on Facebook, we shouldn't use any hashtags. I'm like, yeah, but this is Instagram. It's totally a different piece. I went, I get another different one. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> just, and now they have the Instagram live, which is like the Snapchat, um, you know, just another thing for, for you to post of, Basically, you know, you can take a short video and it, in 24 hours it disappears. Um, yeah. But that's just another one to keep up with. Yeah, because it wasn't complicated enough already. All uh, right, no. the, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Um, you know, there's several communication apps. We personally use one called Asana and it's a free platform. It's great for communication, especially when you have so many projects going on. You know, we may be working on a lookbook or, you know, a mini style guide or a website or, you know, social media photos, whatever. You can have each project separate and then dedicate you know, each task to a certain staff member. And then similar to Facebook, you can comment back and forth. So I can kind of oversee what everyone is doing, pull up the PDF, you know, make some edits or comments and suggestions, and then boom, it's uh, it's sent over to the other side. And, and that keeps us highly organized. So I strongly recommend any kind of tool like that if it's not Asana, but something uh, where you can communicate with your team, because I tell you, if you're just doing emails back and forth, you're, you know, two months later, you're never going to find that email again from that project. And you'll waste a lot of time <laughs> of your life trying to find it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Asana too. Definitely. But you mentioned oh, cool. you, you, you've got a lot of comms tools. Do you want to give us just one more of them? Dropbox is my other, um, you know, all of our files are saved in, you know, the cloud or Dropbox, have you call it. And it has become just uh, such a relief really to be where, you know, I'm on my mobile phone or I'm on a computer at, you know, a different office and I don't have access to my laptop. I can easily go through either our internal files or photography, pull up a certain project, uh, share links. And, uh, you know, another great example, I spilled a cup of, a cup of water on my laptop about two months ago. <sighs> And, uh, you know, who has time to back up computers these days? I mean, that takes a really <laughs> long time. So, you know, now I have nothing, absolutely nothing saved to my desktop. It's all in Dropbox and it's all organized, which makes me very happy and strongly recommend that. Even for receipts, you know, uh, for accounting purposes, you create a, fo- a file folder every month and, you know, directly upload your receipts for the month. It's very, very convenient. 
Oh, that's two great tips there. So we've got one last top tip to ask you about, which is the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Oh, yes. We hear this one. Um, you know, <laughs> it's so hard because you have to have a great product. And for me personally, I think the name has a lot to do aside with the product. Um, and then trickling down after you've nailed those two um, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, designing your website. And this is something I've learned more and more. You really have to design it for mobile. Um, I can't remember the exact statistics, but I've heard somewhere around 70 or 80% of people actually use their mobile phone compared to a computer. So, you know, going and spending all this time creating a beautiful website, well, do it the other way around. Create a beautiful website that's for your mobile and then copy it for, um, for the PC. Excellent. So Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 93. Uh, Kelsey, before we say goodbye, could you please, please, please let the listeners know where they can find you and your amazing business on the web and social media? Yeah, sure. Check us out at versikini.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter, all at versikini. Excellent. And I'll make sure the links to all of that and everything else we talked about today are in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 93, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today and for sharing so many interesting little tidbits of advice for us. It's been a really, really interesting interview. So thank you. Thank you, Chloe. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it with your friends. Uh, however you want to do that, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, in person, good old in person, um, I really don't mind. But if you haven't already, then make sure you skip back to episode number 89 to catch my interview of the world's best-selling business book author and the creator of the e-myth, the marvellous Michael Gerber. It's an episode that will really get you thinking about the future of your business. So go and have a listen to that one. That's number 89. In the meantime, though, have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.